the Federal Reserve pauses rate hikes for the second time in a row. However, we're still at the highest interest rate level since 2001. What does this mean for the future of the housing market and the first time home buyer finally being able to afford a home? Next, a jury finds NAR and other brokerages guilty of landmark commission lawsuit. They're accused of colluding to keep commission high for realtors. Now, the big word in this is the lawyers, not the sellers or the first-time home buyer who probably will have to carry the burden of this lawsuit if it goes through and is held up. Welcome back to Real Estate After Dark, my uncut thoughts on the week's housing news. If it's your first time hearing my voice, my name is David. My background is in mortgage underwriting, mortgage lending, and as a realtor. So yes, that is the entire home buying process. I purchased multiple homes myself. And also I've helped hundreds of people like you buy homes in real life. And this week I'm breaking down the housing news so you can be an informed home buyer. Let's go get those keys. Our top story. Federal Reserve holds interest rates at highest level since 2001. Here are a few things you need to know. The Federal Reserve is maintaining the benchmark rate at 5.25 to 5.5%. As a reminder, the benchmark rate is the cost for banks and lenders to borrow money. They then add their margin on top of that to see the interest rate you see today. Now, the benchmark rate directly impacts short-term lending like credit cards and things of that nature. It does have a trickle down or trickle up or maybe trickle sideways effect on mortgage rates because it impacts the treasury yield. So there's not a direct correlation, but there is a correlation. This is the highest level in 22 years. That is a pretty, pretty big number. But as a reminder, they're also doing this not just because they hate the housing market, they're trying to get inflation down to 2%. That is their mandate from Congress. And things seem to be going okay. We were at about 9.1% in June of last year. And we'll show later in this episode where we are now with inflation. Recent indicators suggest that economic activity expanded at a strong pace in third quarter, the Fed said. Job gains have moderated since earlier in the year, but remain strong. And unemployment rate has remained low inflation remains elevated. So, hey, we're raising rates to slow down the economy, but things are still going relatively well. And this is taking maybe a little bit longer than you, the consumer, expects, but it's kind of going according to what we think would happen. Now, this upgrade characterization of the economy comes after a third quarter GDP data published last week showed growth clocking it at a whopping 4 nine percent so that caught a lot of people off guard with how quickly the economy is still growing despite interest rates being hiked up here's a, another quote from chairman powell at today's press conference they're proceeding carefully and will continue to make decisions meeting by meeting so the power is making it clear that hey we still may be doing some rate hikes we're just going to follow what the data says we should do and he also emphasized that the committee is not thinking about rate cuts, not at all. It's like, hey, we may hike rates 
in the future. So they're following the data. They're not just following trends or they're just not following what folks want to happen in the economy. They're following where the data may take them. Let's break down inflation a little bit more. The personal consumption expenditure index, which includes food, cost of food and energy, or the so-called core PCE showed prices rose 3.7% over the prior year. And this is really in line where officials expected inflation to end at the end of the year. So it looks like we're a little ahead of schedule, even though there's a lot of pain that, you know, me and you can feel in the economy. The Fed is like, hey, looking at the data, looking where we thought we'd be, we may be a little bit in front of that. And the also said, the public does believe that inflation will get back down to 2% over time. I'm not sure who the public public is, but that's what the Federal Reserve thinks. And what they think, honestly, is important because they're basing data off what they see and what they think, not headlines or, unfortunately, what you and I may be seeing at the checkout line at the grocery store, they say, or uh, your Instacart person may be seeing. Let's jump into the federal funds rate data. It's previously mentioned the benchmark rate right now is between 5.25 and 5.5%. But to understand where we are now, we need to jump back into the past. So when I got into the mortgage industry in 2017, the average interest rate was about 45 to 5%. That was a normal or a good rate. And that's historically like where a good rate has been the last 15 to 20 years. So use that as a point of reference where you're like, hey, rates are a little bit high right now. You know, I want to wait on the sidelines to buy. But please, please, please don't wait till rates get down to like 2 and 3% because that will not happen unless something crazy happens like COVID or another war or something like that. And uh, there's really no chance we go to war anytime soon. I mean, I can't think of anything going on. Can you? But um, yeah. So between and like the in the late teens, the benchmark rate or the cost of our money was somewhere between like two and like two and a half percent. So you saw those four and five percent interest rates. COVID hit in the early 2020s and the Federal Reserve dropped that benchmark rate to 0.25 percent. So once again, from like 2.5 percent to 0.25 percent, a drastic drop. Therefore, you saw mortgage rates impacted and those go down to like two and three percent and that caused this for lack of a better term arms race to uh probably a, a bad term because well, of course we're not we're not going to war anytime soon right but um a bunch of people buying real estate because the cost of money was so cheap that skyrocketed home prices and other prices caused inflation and in june of 2022 we had a high of 9.1 percent inflation and we've been trying to or the feds been trying to combat that ever since that time frame occurred now speaking of inflation let's see where we are now so there are two different types of inflation there's the core inflation then there's just inflation counting all the things in the economy what the federal reserve pays attention to is core inflation and although Overall inflation actually ticked up a little bit between August and September. Core inflation has been steadily going down since June of 2022. So they're like, hey, core inflation is still headed in the right direction, which is why they paused the interest rate hike so that they could see what the data says will happen and then react to that. So what does this possibly mean for 2024 housing market? One, interest rates are going to be high air quotes meaning high and most likely best case scenario like in the low sixes all the way through 
2024. Inventory is still historically low. Like there's no incentive or reason for builders to build affordable homes, as I talked about, because it costs money to build a home. So they're going to try to get the most, maximize their profits for it. And so we're still going to have low inventory. We're going to have high interest rates. So it looks like home prices most likely will kind of be where they are now. And depending on what source of information you look at, they may go down a couple percentage points. They may go up a, a couple percentage points, but um, there's no data at all that shows there'll be any housing market crash because the biggest thing is inventory is so scarce. And they're just people that are going to buy homes every single year. We're expected to close the year at about 4.1 million homes sold. So people are still buying real estate just at a slower pace, but the inventory is even lower. So that lack of demand is basically canceled out by even lower lack of supply, which is why home prices are where they are now and why they've been where they are, even though rates are super high. I'm a realtor in Dallas and would love to help you reach your goals of home ownership. So click the link in the description and just schedule a call no matter where you are on your journey. Not in Dallas, no worries. I can help connect you with a vetted realtor in your local jurisdiction as well. And feel free to share with friends, family, and folks. Everyone gets left. Ooh-wee, let's follow up on the story we've covered previously on Real Estate After Dark. Jury finds the National Association of Realtors and other brokerages guilty in landmark commission suit. Kelly Williams, Home Services of America, are also ordered to pay $1.7 billion with the B dollars in damages. But by the way, this judgment is not finalized, which means that the judge can actually still award triple in damages. So this could be approaching five point or five billion with the B dollars in damages, which would pretty much cripple these organizations. But NAR is like, hey, this matter is not close to being final. The trade group said it would appeal the verdict and ask the court to reduce damages awarded by the jury. So they could triple it. They could still lower the damages. Let's wait and see. But they also had to say, hey, this verdict does not require a change in our rules. But if class action attorneys headed their way, buyer representation would very much be at risk because many first-time home buyers, amongst others, cannot afford to pay for representation out their pocket. And that's what I want to cover with this story. And I'll dive into it a little bit deeper in the episode next week. Now, let's have a conversation about how realtors get paid, how this could potentially negatively impact you, the first-time homebuyer. When a realtor goes to sell a seller's property, they sign a commission agreement. Depending on the market, it may be between 4 and 6%, but let's say 6% is the number. Now, it's understood that the seller's agent and the buyer's agent split this commission equally. It incentivized the buyer's agent to actually do work and bring someone to the table because I know folks like to call realtors glorified door openers and all that, but sometimes this process can take weeks, months, or sometimes there's actually no fruit at the end of the rainbow or gold pot at the end of the rainbow because you'll look with sometimes buyers for weeks and months and just, hey, they decide not to buy a home. That's their prerogative. It's all good. But the realtors don't get paid until the home is actually sold. So Think about this from the buyer's agent perspective. You're doing your market research. You're doing education and educating your home buyer on the home buying process. You're driving around with them. You're educating them on the market. Would you do that for free? Like people may say realtors don't provide a value, but 
No one is doing that for free. So let's say this scenario where the commission goes from a normal 3% down to 1%. This still is not a win for the first time home buyer because now they're still paying, they're paying 0% round, 0%. It's coming out of this seller's pocket. So now potentially this first time home buyer has to come out of pocket another percent in order to cover something of the realtor's commission to honor them for their time. Even if the, so the other option is like, hey, what about if now the seller's agent helps the person buying the home? No, that 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 doesn't work because the seller is loyal to the person's home they're selling, right? That's their fiduciary responsibility is there. And if you think about like this whole line share of the commission, if there's a difference in commission between the seller's agent and the buyer's agent, of course the seller's agent is going to be a little bit less loyal or less or more reluctant to like really negotiate because they're getting 3% off the sale. They're not super concerned about that 1% portion for the buyer. Hopefully that makes sense to you. So that that's why there's always like an even commission split because it incentivizes both parties to do the right thing and really negotiate on their, their, um, the person they represents behalf. You're thinking, Hey, people should do the right thing anyways. Right? Yeah, of course they should. Every, in every industry, every person should do the right thing. Does everybody do the right thing? No, they don't. So kind of money is that equalizer in the negotiation. So like I said, I think this could potentially have a negative impact because that first time home buyer who's the least educated person in the home buying process may not have the proper representation going forward or may have to come out of pocket now to get the representation in the first place. So I'll keep eyeing this. This uh, this company is going to go sue a couple more people. To me, it's just a, a money grab for the lawyers. It's not really to help anything out. And for these other um, people who sold their homes and now they're upset at the commission like years and years after the fact. But uh, let me know what you think. That's my uh, take on the story. I'm obviously a realtor. So, you know, of course I'm, I'm, I'm biased as folks would say, but um, yeah, that's week's this week's Real Estate After Dark. If you got any other stories you want to see covered, uh, email me if they're interesting. I might do them. But as always, by land, rumor has it, they're not making any more of it. The facts come out at night. <laughs>